Hello everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we play games with pens, paper, dice, and our imagination. Thanks for joining us. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to an interesting series of uh, Nerdy People Play D&D. Um, as always, I am Josh, your host and Dungeon Master, and Dungeon Master to the four wonderful people I have playing with me tonight. Um, we are going to be playing our way through the Cobalt Press uh, Tales of the Old Margrave um, module, and before you check, yes, I've had a cold recently, so I sound wonderful and husky. Uh, apparently some people like that, so, you know, no accounting for their taste, I guess. Uh, with me tonight are four people I played with. Um, I enjoy spending time with them very, very much, and I enjoy playing D&D with them very, very much, and I think you'll enjoy them too. Um, starting with the top left corner of my Skype camera screen... It's Dan, otherwise known as Scary Dan. Hello. Hi, Dan. I'm Scary Dan. Yes, you are. Dan, who are you playing tonight? I am playing Turk tonight. They are a ranger of the Piney Race. Excellent. Uh, for people who haven't been paying attention to the main podcast that we do, Pineys are tree people, correct? Yes, yes, they are. Well... Uh, yeah, that yeah, I yes, yes is the short answer. Let's go with yes. <laughs> they, they they kind of look like people, but a bit treeish. Like their their hair is more like moss or leaves and and things like that, if I recall. That's it. They're they're so connected with their arboreal roots, no pun intended, that um, that they still um hold a lot of uh physical attributes uh, of trees. Cool. Um, what what does Chirk look like? If we were to uh, try and get a mental image. They're very tall, like uh, seven feet tall, uh, skin like birch bark, so kind of white and black, stripy, mottled, um, keeps uh, hair close cropped because if it starts to grow, it breaks out in small leaves and flowers, which is not good for staying discreet or hidden uh, when protecting uh, the village from anything if you're suddenly bursting out into floral arrangements. Yes. I, I would have said being a seven-foot-tall humanoid plantish kind of looking thing is not exactly discreet, but I, I take your point. <laughs> well, it depends where you're trying to be discreet. Really, well, but... yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Daniel. Hello. Uh, I'm playing uh, Grizz Kindheart, who is a very timid yet very intimidating Bear folk, barbarian. Um, we made a lot of jokes about that. <laughs> Indeed, too many. Um, he is basically quite naive um, and hasn't really experienced much in the real world, so everything is a wonder. He, he's essentially, I guess, what you take if you took a grizzly and just made it a little bit more human. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I think. You know, one of the questions you ask is, what's the first thing people notice about you? Well, he's a big-ass bear. <laughs> Very big. Excellent. Um, and we have AJ. AJ. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm playing Hoogan, who's a raven folk. Uh, in terms of the way he looks, he's pretty much just like a uh, crow or a raven. Uh, has white beady eyes and he's a bard so he uh gets into all the shenanigans 
shenanigans indeed. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. And Heath, who are you playing tonight? Hi, I'm playing um, Huddle Ford, the Hedgehog Folk Druid. And he's uh, three foot tall and um, has little black eyes and, uh, you know, a mane of spines. He's essentially... Um, well, we've been jokingly calling him a hedge hobbit, so I think that sums him up. He enjoys smoking sort of mushrooms and weeds and stuff in his pipe and, and dancing by the fire at night time to the new moon. Excellent. Now, um, the, something I told you guys about, and kind of have to put a bit of a, a disclaimer on this one. Um, this was not written by me at all. It was written by people who are far more amazing than I could ever potentially hope to be. Um, and because we're playing a module, I have not done what I would usually do and slip in a lot of jokes and puns and lightheartedness. This one's going to be played very, very close to the source material. Um, a couple of soft edits here and there, because I, I do have to warn everyone, this is a bit more of a serious, uh, playthrough of Dungeons and Dragons. If that's not what you're here for, I understand. Maybe go re-listen to our Monsters of Merca thing, uh, Jaren's almost got his Kickstarter up. Um, or go listen to Sneak Attack. They're great. They're wonderful. Uh, but if you're after something that's maybe a bit more grim, a bit more, well, like the Brothers Grim, funnily enough, um, this is going to potentially be very much your jam. So, to give everyone a little bit of uh, understanding of the world, the Margreve is an old forest. Incalculably old. In fact, in a lot of ways, it is the Ur Forest. It is old, it is aware, and it is very, very magical. It is not good, it is not nice, it is not warm, it is not caring. It is ancient, and its motivations do are not necessarily understood by people. Yeah, it has a lot of folktales around it. People do not tend to live very long in the Margrave. Either what I mean by that is... It's very difficult to survive because it's very dangerous and it's a very eerie, disconcerting place. The forest feels very aware of you and it does not like you a lot of the time. Our heroes are adventuring there because in a previous adventure we all played through to kind of playtest the Margrave stuff, um, they had a run-in with a character known as the Bramble King and were essentially contacted by a fey lady that we will call Sandy because... I can't pronounce her actual name. And she, at the conclusion of their um, adventure with the Bramble King, which essentially set up a new fey lord within the fey court, she told them to head to the village of Lavoka, which is on the border of the Margrave. She informed all of them, you will all be taken into the Margrave in one form or another, to cure a sickness there. Go to Lavoka. This will guide you to the rest of the Margrave. Now, Lavoka was a few days' walk away from where you guys were previously, at a village that I didn't give a name to, so that doesn't really matter. However, as you approach it, it is getting on to, we would say, late afternoon, and we would be starting our adventure there. Well, Josh, 
this thing with a little village. Excellent. Uh, you guys should be able to see a basic little um, kind of village map now. Yes? Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So, as you're approaching the village, uh, you can tell this is just a, a very, very basic kind of small village here. Um, the muddy byway you're on winds its way through the forest and eventually reaches a damp clearing where the sun struggles to reach the ground through a canopy of forlorn trees. About 30 mouldering thatched cottages sit in this clearing, which I'm just kind of pinging and just kind of going to move you guys a little bit closer to there. There we go. I've missed someone. Have I? No. Oh, yes, I did. Uh, I couldn't find Chirk among the trees, which is... <laughs> How ironic. Yeah, I yeah was that's, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's an excellent stealth roll to get started. Um, <laughs> local children chase pigs and sheep in play, but they all rush toward you. They take your hand... I mean, that being said, the reason they do this is you guys are certainly a novelty, being that not one of you is human. But, um, I mean, these kids are very, very trusting, even though maybe they shouldn't be. Um, they take you by the hands and lead you into the dark village. The clearing around you around which is watched by hundreds of scarecrows made from bones and branches wound together. So, uh, so you guys are led into the village um, by these children. Um, the first kind of areas you can see are really just basic kind of, um, like, different houses, like, you know, these here, that's... These are all small village houses and farmhouses, just very, very basic kind of village places. Um, what you do, however, see over... Where is it? If anyone had jumped on that um, Sesame Street thing, then that would have been great. I was thinking it. <laughs> I, was, I, was I was getting that. that. Yeah, guys, get your laughs in now. It's going to get nasty. Okay. So this place doesn't really appear to have what's like a like a common kind of house. Like it doesn't really have a tavern. It's not really big enough. Um, what it does have is like a village green over here where you guys can see some trees and, again, like a few different small houses. And the children are essentially leading you all kind of that way. It's not like a children of the corn kind of setup. You can see adults, you know, tending to their fields and whatnot. Um, in fact, in the distance you hear... You hear a lady calling out, um, Kada! Kada! Um, she comes down to the four of you, seeing the children bring you, and she says, ah, Sorry, gentlefolk, um, you, you, you didn't see my Kada, did you? What's a Kada? Uh, she's, she's my daughter. Oh, I'm so sorry, madam. Um, what does she look like? Um, a, a, a small girl. Uh, Is this it? And I hand her one of the children. <laughs> no, not that How about that this one? one? Not that one either. Look, please, please help. This, this isn't time. I'm, I'm worried. You see, my, my, my girl's gone missing. She was... Look, she, she, she headed north into the forest um, to, to try and find some truffles with, with, with her pig. And I, honestly, I don't know where she's gone. Can, can you help? Have you gone into the forest to look for her? 
I haven't gone into the forest. I had a look around where I thought she'd gone, but I, I, I couldn't see her. So I, I, I thought she may, she, maybe she'd come back. So this isn't where she normally goes truffling then? Occasionally she goes along like the, the, the northern edge of the wood, but she, she knows not to stray, but it's, it, it just feels... It's Has like she this, strayed before? She hasn't strayed before, no, but I mean, she knows better than to go into that wood, but th- there's just been an, a weird feeling. In, in in the air recently, like, like like everyone's, like like nothing's right. Do you know what I mean? Hello, I'm Huddle Ford. Um, I can help. I know about forests and stuff. Oh, excellent! Please, please, yes, thank you, oh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, and and she leads you guys away uh, north. Now, to give you guys a bit of fair warning, this does rely a little bit on theatre of the mind, but a lot of us are old enough to remember those wonderful. Oh yeah. Excellent. So as she brings you guys to the edge of the forest, um Chirk and Huddleford, you two definitely feel this it's almost like a pressure on you. Like it is almost like a pressure of a presence in your minds to say this forest is aware of you and is kind kind of like watching you, kind of like you're aware of a small mosquito buzzing around your head at night. That is how you suddenly feel. To this is there like a bit of a beat to it? Like a do 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 No, not quite. No, it's, no, not that it's, it's far more ominous. It's more like if you've ever been spearfishing or snorkeling in Australia and you've played a lot of video games like I have and you're under the water and you're swimming out and suddenly your brain goes, hey, in a video game, this is the bit where they introduce the shark and you immediately uh. go into... Okay, that was a great thought. That's how you feel. Can, can, can I insight check the forest <laughs> and see if I can get a better read on what it's putting out there with my magical tree sense? I would say no, not yet. Okay. Uh, is, the, is the lady who's missing her kids still with us? Yes, she is. I would turn to her and go, what's your daughter's name? Carter. Carter, that's yes. right. Yeah. Look, she... Did she, she, oh, did she have she be sh- back by now, you see? Like, I... I, I, I it, it, it's just something doesn't feel right. How long has Does she been it... missing? Well, she, she left... Well, she, she left just after lunch. She'd done all her chores and, you know, she, she told me she'd be heading in, that she shouldn't be too long, but... It's starting to get a bit late, you see. I'll look for the oldest, wisest tree in the area. Mm-hmm. And I'll go up to it and I'll sort of shake my fancy stick and it's got like feathers and bones and rattles and stuff on it and go around the tree and then I'll put both hands on the tree and I'll cast tree speak and I sort of Im- sort of um, just think to the tree, you know, uh, have you seen a young girl called Carter pass here? Um, with tree speak, um, trees Shut are up. very different to us. So they have a very different kind of awareness to their surroundings and to everything that's going on around them. So to say, to ask a tree, did you see something? You would be more asking, are you aware of something? The yeah, tree they're not great conversationalists. No, they're quite wooden. Um, Boom. 
I did <coughs> promise no puns, and I've already broken the promise. I, everyone, I do apologize. <laughs> um, the tree informs you it was aware of definitely a, some kind of small creature passing nearby, and there was another animal with it, with her, sorry, with the small creature. Um, but it doesn't take particular note of individual humans very much. It's, it's more interested in, you know, things like animals, birds, and the weather, things that affect it directly. This, this small creature didn't really interact with it much. And do, do I get a sense that the tree felt like it was something that might harm the forest or? Um, no, the, the tree had no, got no hostile kind of read on the girl. Uh, it was maybe a little bit interested in the the pig, because pigs do root around in in trees' roots and whatnot, and dig them up a little bit and chew on them. But um, no, it didn't sense any ill will from either the uh, the little girl or the pig. And doesn't know which way she went, really. It would say it went away from the sun. So th- okay. this is a world where the sun. Rise in the east, set in the west. So to go away from the sun around that time means heading north. Okay. So it, I'll, it, I'll it d- went to her cold side, to the tree's cold side. Sorry. I'll, I'll take a big deep breath in and I'll say, uh, she went north. Are the, yes, yes. Can, can, did you just speak to the tree? Yes. Can you ask it if there's any truffles nearby? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so your daughter Carter, did she have any shinies with her? Uh, uh no. We 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 we're a poor village. There's not much coin here. I mean, the the, the yeah. truffles. We 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 sell them to the occasional merchant, and and we raise a few coins here and there. But I mean, they're 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 delicious, but. Look, can, can can you please maybe? Please, I I know I know the forest is very dangerous, but surely you're surely you're you're brave enough to to, to try and find her. Could I? No, please? Abs- Sorry. Ab- absolutely, we can we can help you. But just has the has has the woods always felt this? And at this point, Chuck just sort of gestures, kind of confusedly, trying to communicate the the sense of everything that came across when he and Huddleford approached earlier. I'm like, I'm like, windy? Yes. Like, like big, small? <laughs> well, we, we, we've always planted our uh, our wards, you see, and, and she points at these scarecrow-like creatures that I mentioned before. Well, not creatures, these scarecrow things, effigies, if you will, uh, before that are like combinations of bone, wood, cloth, all those kind of things. They're, 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 they're there to keep away the, the influence of any evil spirits, but... But like I said, it, it, it felt strange. Uh, old Jarl's bull tried tried to attack him the other day, and that's that's not normal. It, it's, it's usually a placid creature. Sorry, Yurt. Not Jarl. Yurt. This whole time, Grizz was sort of sniffing the air, looking confident, but then when she said evil creatures, you sort of sunk down a little bit, like a little bit scared. If he had a long tail, it would be between his legs. Okay. Could I please do a survival check and have a look for some tracks or leads or paths or yes, broken branches. Okay. 
11. Uh, that is... Yes. Um, just good enough. You are able to find a couple of shallow indentations showing where a small girl and a pig would have headed into the forest. Um, it's faint because they're not very big, but a little bit further on, you can see like a like a, a branch that's been obviously pushed back, and then you can see a small stitch of, of clothing that has been, you know. I mean, I mean, clearly a child that was, you know, just brushed up against a tree a little too close. Okay, I'll uh, point to it and say, this way, and sort of march into the forest. Jack follows. I would turn to the mother and say, you, you should probably, uh, you should probably wait back at home. It may take us a minute or two. Oh. Thank, thank, thank you all of you. Thank you. It's look. I, 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 I realize this is not the. This is probably not where you came to the village, but, 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 but thank you so much. A minute or two. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> as, uh, as the others sort of start to walk away, Grizz looks at them and then looks back and looks at them and then hurriedly follows. Yep. Very good. Okay. I would I would make sure I'm in between Grizz and whoever else is walking in front of me. Well, if we have a minute or two, I'm going to light my pipe and smoke it as I walk along, enjoying. Yeah, the yeah, you, you got a minute or two. That that's that's easily enough done. Um, as you guys, uh, sorry, Josh is just rolling a dice for no reason whatsoever. Um. As you guys tromp through the woods, <laughs> following essentially the trail of the small girl, I mean, you can you can see where she's been here and there, and I mean, there's there's some obvious signs, like there's some signs where a pig has been digging, and you know where where things have obviously been dug up near trees. Um, each of you, well, what are our passive perceptions? Thirteen. He he asked 15. without without any kind of you know. Reaching for anything, or checking oh, just, anything. Just so you can know. Just, twelve. Just so I know. <laughs> uh, it, it's only a twelve. Yeah. Only a twelve. All right. Okay. Fourteen for Huddleford. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, you win. Okay. It, it's gonna... clearly a twenty. Oh wait. That's <laughs> for everyone. Oh no, sorry. Without even trying. Uh, sorry, it's ten. Okay. Oh, what I've got, got fifteen names for... in uh, alphabetical order, please. Uh, Chuck would be first, I think. Um, and he has, they have 15 passive perception. That's uh, good. Grizz is 13. Huddleford, it'd be Huddleford next. Yeah, Huddleford is 10, I think. Okay. Well, that's not right. No, that's, my 10, character, that's I think my character sheet's doing something weird. It's basically, uh, your wisdom modifier, right? Yep. Plus perception. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus proficiency. Plus perception. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, my wisdom check is seven plus seven. But pa- yeah, passive perception is the wisdom score plus your proficiency. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's um, fifteen. Fifteen. And yeah. Chuck, you said yours was also fifteen. Okay, that's just sorry, guys. For some reason, it hasn't imported properly. Okay. Um, Chuck and Hulford. As you guys, uh, as sorry, as you all uh, go through the woods, you do become very, very aware of a presence. 
keeping pace with you. And it's at this time the wind changes and Huddleford, you get a small scent of something large and animal, maybe 15 feet to the east of you. As you turn to say, hey guys, I think there's something to the east. Uh, a large direwolf leaps out from the undercovers, and I will have initiative rolls from everybody, and wow, that's an amazing start there, Josh. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. We're starting, we're kicking, we're kicking this one off early as Josh goes to get a pen. Ah, <laughs> uh, select that, and then try that again. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, initiative of 22, there we go. Ooh, nice. 22 is good. Nice. Well, guess I'm last again. Yeah, so essentially a large, a small horse-sized wolf, which is a very large wolf, although, I mean, a, a horse is not a very large one. Or is it a, a small horse? No, it's a wolf the size of a small horse. <laughs> not a horse the size of a small wolf, which would be adorable. That'd be lovely. I'd, I'd, I'd very much enjoy that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so highest initiative out of all of you guys was Huddleford, I believe. Yes. The twenty-two. Okay, then it's the Direwolf's turn. Even like the rest of you, you have the same first initial. Easier. Me too. Uh, in my other game, three out of the four characters all have got names that start with M, <laughs> which is really useful. We have uh, two Dan's, so that's cool. yeah. I know that's that's really good for me, guys. Thanks for that. Scary Dan, really special. We're glad Dan. you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 certainly not going to cause me like problems down the line. AKA okay. my Dan name's not Dan. even my name's not even Daniel at all. Like I'm just doing it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> You've been I playing a long con at work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have it on good authority that it's Dan Cakes. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Okay, so Huddleford, you're up first, and there is a large direwolf in front of you. Oh, things are dire. Yes. Um, I would like to cast Entangle on the direwolf. All right. He has to roll a strength roll, correct? Uh, yes. So grasping reeds and vines sprout from the ground in a 20-foot square uh, for the duration of these plants. Um, turn the ground into difficult terrain. Uh, creature in the area must succeed a strength savings throw, and my DC is. Oh, that can't be right. That didn't import either. Uh, sorry, let me just double it's, check over it. I think it's over on ten the other side. plus your proficiency plus your spellcasting modifier, or it's eight. Sorry, plus those. So it'll be eight plus two plus. What's your wisdom bonus? Three. So total, that's thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. DC 13. Wonderful. So it has managed to meet that. So as you go to cast this spell, um, what you notice, and Chirk notices this as well, is a few weeds around the area also like suddenly sprout up as well but have nothing to do with it. Your vines, though, they try and trap this large creature's legs, but it just, it just lifts its legs up and then goes to leap directly. At, uh, I am going to say... The largest threat is the barbar- the barbarian. So Grizz. Um, oh, sorry. I, and for my bonus action, I would like to oh. turn into a brown bear, please, because okay. I'm a circle of the moon druid. Excellent. So, uh, 
I did say it was going to launch itself at Grizz. I am going to hold to that. Does mm-hmm. 23 hit you? Oof. It does, actually. Okay, I apologize for bringing the good rolls out so early. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. And Just means all the poor rolls are going to come in later. Oh, they're, they're, they're on the way, trust me. They're, they're, they're definitely <laughs> on the way. Okay, so Grizz, this direwolf leaps towards you and it sinks its teeth directly into your shoulder. Can I get a strength check from you, please? Strength check, you can... Nice. So nice. it's put its paws up on you, trying to knock you down. But you, you essentially like you know step back with one foot, brace yourself, and the wolf is unable to knock you down. Uh, it is now Churko. <coughs> um, Churk was prepared to try and calm the wolf down, but having seen it just launch itself at his buddy, um. Just quickly whips up. How far away is it? It, w- it would only be about five or ten feet, so it's very close to you. Oh, okay. Um, pulls out uh, sickles from their belt and just goes in for a two weapon, two weapon attack. All right then. Um, there we go. Those uh, both an eighteen hit. and a nineteen. They Fantastic. Um, let me roll damage for the second hit then. So and uh, Chuck, what I will say as well is your initial instinct was to attempt to calm the animal, but something about the animal's bearing is off. Like, direwolves are known to be vicious killers when needs be, but for a single direwolf to attack four travellers like this, mm. that's not right. That is overly aggressive for this kind of creature. And it rolled initiative as soon as it saw us. That's exactly. Really it, 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 it had <laughs> no hesitation stalking a party with beings larger than itself and attacking by itself. So that's that strikes you as very weird. Uh, how much damage uh, after, did you do in total? Uh, five, five in total. And after I do said damage, I, I, I kind of I relay this feeling to every, everyone else that something is not okay here. Nothing's behaving as it should be expected to at this point. Good. Uh, Hunan. Um, I, I would notice your like your hesitation to not be friendly to it and just straight out uh, do that. And obviously the confirmation of that. So rather than uh, also trying to placate the beast, um, I will just start whispering and uh, not whispering, whistling out a just a melody but it's it's all off like it's it just sounds awful uh and i cast dissonant whispers uh at the creature excellent i will do that at second level okay uh it has rolled a 15 which i assume saves against your spell difficulty which would only be like 13 or 14 it does, yeah. Okay. So it, it beats the 13 DC. Okay. Uh, so you'll take half, so it'll still be six psychic damage. Very good. So the creature is feeling a little <coughs> a little mentally 
uh, a little mentally buffered, but buffered, buffeted, sorry, rather, um, but is still in fine fighting form. Grizz, your turn. Um, okay, so uh, being struck by the beast, I immediately launch back at it, uh, but I'm going to try and grapple it okay. with a strong bear hug. All right. Um, so I stupidly didn't put that in as an attack, so I'll just use bite instead. Okay then. It's the same same stats. Which All is right. Straight off the bat. <laughs> For people who weren't um, here when we did the uh, the Bramble King adventure, which is none of you because none of my recording software cr- captured it correctly, which is terrible because we had a good time. Daniel rolled about four crits in like what one night. It was like. My first like, rolls, I think. Just yeah. every session, it was just crit central. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so Daniel's making um, up for it. How much damage do you do with your bear hug? So it does zero damage, but it is crippled. Oh, hold on. It, it's grappled. Oh, no, it does 1d4. 1d4. Hold on, let me... Okay. Let me now, you get a full d4, so you get four plus whatever you roll on that d4 plus your strength. So 1d4 mm-hmm. plus three... Okay, it's five. Wonderful. So you've done nine points of just crushing the life out of a damage. What you can hear are essentially the sounds of bone grinding on bone as you just constrict this animal. Um, Also, everyone, Um, uh, just a bit of a note. It's a house rule that I found that I really like that when you get a crit, you get your ordinary damage dice uh, normally. And then you get to roll all the additional ones. So a crit will always be meaningful. <laughs> um, so, while I'm while I'm holding it still, uh, holding it back, I, I'm just going to say like, have a, like check it over. Maybe it's like got a tick or something. You know, like see if there's anything physically wrong with this thing. Okay. Just a quick checkup. Yeah. <laughs> Take it to the vet. It doesn't like going to the vet, so you got to hold it down. Okay. Uh, yeah. You with you you don't have a nature or medicine, do you? I have nature. I will allow you to roll nature as a bonus action. Excellent. Ten. You have no idea why the creature's acting so aggressively or so viciously towards you. From what you can see, it doesn't show any physical signs of being ill. Okay. I relay this to to the group. Okay. And we restart at the top of the initiative order with Huddleford. Okay, um, I will like to bite it, please. You certainly can. Ooh, nice. <laughs> That'll definitely hit. Oh, very good. Yeah, 24. Oh, <laughs> very please. good. And uh, 11 damage, please. And then I, I see that, yeah. So as, like you, to... as you bite into this thing... Um, you tear a large chunk of flesh out of its shoulder and it is now bleeding profusely. As you've done this, though, that none of the fury has left the creature and even as you swipe at it, it suddenly ducks down in such a way that it's trying to, say, break out of a grapple hold and unfortunately that puts your strike off and you miss. Uh, Daniel, you are going to have to roll a natural 20 to keep this thing grappled. (laughs) Uh, all right, watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See everyone, I'm burning all. I'm burning all my good dice rolls. Oh, oh, odds are it's oh, going to wow. be a crit. Uh, this is great. No. Oh, did that come through? 
No. Uh, it did, yeah. yes. Uh, no, so it is able to bust out of the grapple by just... It, it, it just does something and just bunches its muscles. And it is growling and snarling at all of you. You can all see that this is a creature that, no matter how badly you hurt it, you are going, it will not back down. And we come to Chirk. Chirk is still so disconcerted by this whole misbehaving aspect um, when the wolf leaps out of Grizz's arms. Uh, they're just thrown completely by what's happening. And he's overwhelmed by the original instinct, which he avoided on seeing the attack to try and calm it down. So actually goes and tries to talk it down somehow, calm, um, animal handling. Let's see if we can handle handle this. It is going to be a disadvantage. This beast. Okay. That's an eight then. Okay. Damn. I will roll its wisdom. Uh, would you say wisdom or? It's a wisdom check for yeah, animal handling. I'd yeah. Say it's wisdom. No. Like, so you try and approach it. I imagine like, oh, nice doggy. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, no, sorry, how, how would you approach it? Sorry, I should ask. Um, I yeah, sort of just kind of just putting the, the sickles back on the belt going sort of hands open kind of cautious and looking submissive but confident at the same time just exuding as much calm and sort of you know that feeling of just sort of sitting somewhere and there's like a breeze wafting through the trees and everything just just feels just a little settled just kind of physically embodying that as a, a while approaching the wolf Excellent. Unfortunately, as the wolf rolled a 17, uh, no, it refuses to be calmed. And you you now understand you will have to put this animal down. Uh, oh, that's sad. It is. Damn. Hunan. Um. Hmm. Uh, I'm a little... I would be a little put off that he seems to be like just shrugging off everything that we're doing. Um, And I'd probably want to find out a little bit more. So I'm going to try casting Animal Friendship and see if I can't get this beast to stop. Okay. Um, I'll just cast it at first level though. Okay. Uh, What do I need to roll? Uh, 13 Wisdom. Okay. Would it have disadvantage because it's um, uh, uh, sorry. Advantage because it's under attack. Um, Why is that not uh, what I want it to do? Fortunately, it actually brought up that spell in front of me. So give me a second. Yeah, I'm trying to cast it uh, for it some reason. It doesn't it's just specifically say it does. I mean, it's a, it's effectively the same as a charm spell. Oh, we'll just do it the difficult way. It's all right. It rolled a 12. So nice. you can see it calm down slightly enough. All right. It's, it doesn't go into full get out of here mode. It doesn't become yep. your friend. 
But it's now but it's going not attacking. to... Wait a second, I might be bleeding out. This is not a good situation. Alright. Um... I... I also will tell the party... I've got it. Don't don't hit it. We're good. For now. There's Josh just inserting a little bit of sound effects for you guys. Uh, Grizz, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Um, hmm, what should I do? So we're not going to hurt it anymore. <laughs> um, can I hold my turn if it if it attacks us? I'll. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. Yeah. 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 I'll just watch. Okay. How long does that spell last, AJ? Duration? 24 hours. Minutes. Okay, cool. Um, the beast calms down as it sees no one is obviously hostile. And it just slowly starts to back away from you. Like it's... It's still got like all these gaping wounds and, and its ribs are very clearly broken. So this thing is limping, like it, it's retreating backwards into the forest away from all of you. Should we follow it? Doing so would take you off the trail to Carter. But I, I can't stop you. Mm. Now we should probably continue to the girl, right? I feel like, yeah, let's let it go if it's going. Okay. Excellent. The direwolf, it doesn't lope off into the woods, but you can tell that this creature is very badly hurt and probably not going to survive the night, really. This is a very, very predatory forest. Do I I know (laughs) that it's probably going to die a slow death if we just let it go off and die? I I would say you know that. I'm going to chase it down and multi-attack it. Okay. We could... We could always follow it. Uh, I mean, it's going to leave a blood trail. I will allow you to roll that at advantage because it certainly doesn't see it coming and you're right next to it and it's trying to leave, so. Oh, yeah, you do it. Nice. So the way you do this is actually kind of... It's beautifully brutal. You are able to bite directly into its throat and... With your knowledge of animals and their anatomy and their handling and whatnot, you are able to dispatch it in such a way that it is very fast, very effective, and relatively painless. Yeah, that's so what I'm the, for, quick. Yeah, the, the, the beast dies... It, it dies a reasonably good death, you would say. Quite clean. Okay. Nice. Very good. So you guys have survived the direwolf encounter. Did did the rest of us see Huddleford bounce <laughs> off and do that? Just like this ninja bear. I would say so, given yeah. that he's a large brown bear. And it was trying oh, sorry, it was trying to slink away at that point. And my, my I wasn't like, sure how quickly it was slinking away. My head cannon is it turned its head away from Huddleford and he saw the Yeah, he saw the like the alright, go time. <laughs> the pulsing vein. Dead. Exactly. And then and then no more no more direwolf. In that case, Chirk goes up to Huddleford and says, why did you do that? It was leaving. Uh, I'll just sort of... um, Shrug. Growl. Yeah, shrug. Growl. (laughs) I can't talk as a bear. I think I want to stay a bear for a little while. I might just rub myself against a tree. 
scratchy back. Meanwhile, Grizz, Grizz, Grizz is Chuck, taking notes of possible things to do. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck, you said there was something off about that wolf, that dire wolf. Yeah, it wasn't behaving in the way that a wolf is supposed to. Does that make sense? I know it looked like it was, but its its attitude, its demeanour, its drive was disconnected from the usual state of a direwolf. I'd like to walk up to the wolf carcass and check it out. Okay. What what skill are you using? Uh, <laughs> I just mm, it would just it would just be an investigation check. Okay, yeah, roll me an investigation. Okay. Uh, you can tell that what ended this wolf's life was essentially being killed by a large bear. Um, you can tell that it had several broken ribs, that some of these ribs were you know, jutting into organs and it was not going to live much longer anyways. Um, aside from that, you can see no other signs of any um- physical or any medical like like, there's no swollen wounds there's no black spots there's There's nothing nothing out of the ordinary that weird it's just a an ordinary large dead wolf i'm going over it going yep killed by a brown bear i'd like to use my keen smell to see if i can pick up the little girl's trail again Uh, as a a beer yeah 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 you you have advantage on that so that's okay as far as I recall, bears, yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, with a 20, yes. So you're able to now, given that you're a bear, you can now tell that she was here about like an hour and a half ago, and you can see where she's headed off. Um, I assume you guys are going to follow Carter's trail again? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, you follow the... Excellent, sorry. Uh, you guys follow the trail, and um, I would say with your wonderfully keen hearing, uh, Huddleford, as a bear, you can hear the buzzing of bees. And also, you can smell at this point as well that the pig suddenly, like just looking at the tracks, you can tell the pig suddenly just accelerated forwards massively. And you can see that it just suddenly just took off completely in the direction of this large, of this tree that's got just, uh, in fact, as you guys come on the scene, you guys see this huge swarm of bees swarming around this, this tiny little girl who's got one upraised hand trying to ward off this angry swarm of bees. And they are just like, Chirk, you've seen bee swarms before. This is not normal. These bees are angry. They, for all intents and purposes, they wish to kill this little girl. Upon seeing this, clearly this girl's in distress. Chris has got to run in and try and grab her. Okay. Is he raging or is he just charging in normal? He, no, yeah, he is raging. He is raging. Okay. You would be about 30 feet from her. So I'll allow you that move as like a bit, bit of a pre-initiative thing, which we're going to be rolling again right now. Um <laughs> 
Okay, so Grizz, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you at the top of the roll and say that you got that move for free. The okay. bees got a six on their initiative. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Nice. Okay. Crit fail, crit fail and a crit success. So I'm going to say Grizz, Chirk, uh, and then Huddleford, Bee Swarm, Hunan. Okay. So, Grizz, you have the first action this round? Um, well, his first instinct is just to get the girl out. So basically... Do I get through the bees and do I grab her? Like, can I physically... You do. Uh, now, you will take an attack of opportunity from the bees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that, is, that, is a very, that is a very grizz thing to do, so I, I do like it. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to grab her and just try and run back. Okay. The bees swarm... See, guys, here's the bad rolls. That's a two. So, the bees swarm around you, and a few do sting you, but you're a bear. Like, bee stings are like... <laughs> yeah, okay. normal. Yeah, 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 occupational hazard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're able to scoop this girl up and you charge on out of there. Uh, and cool. we come to Chirk. So what are the bees doing in reaction to the the sudden absence of girl and presence of bear? Uh, they tried to sting. Um, they, they tried to sting Grizz a bunch of times, but they are not all following him as a concerted swarm. It's essentially just holding back near the tree. But but this is not normal. Like they like bees will usually stay near the tree. These have extended out from the tree, but they're not making any further effort to come near Grizz. And in fact, as you look around, because you've got decent passive perception, uh, you can see essentially the corpse of a small pig, and oh. this thing is oh. covered in bees. And it has clearly been stung to death. So if you guys had been really any longer holding up, um, yep, yeah, this would not have ended very well. I'm trying to think what what effect I can have against uh, a bee swarm. Use what? your smoke powers. My smoke powers. <laughs> yeah, you got that. You're, yeah. you're thinking Huddleford. Huddleford's the one. With the yeah, Huddle, 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 oh, Huddleford's, yeah. Huddleford's the, <laughs> the addict. Um, Chirk will just stay back, ready. I don't know what. I don't know what they're ready. Ready the crossbow, just because. Why the hell not? But in sense. the absence of the living girl, they'll just stand back ready to attack something, attack the beast swarm if it approaches. Okay. Uh, Hunan. Oh, sorry, not Hunan. Uh, Huddleford. Um, would I know if I can target the bees at, like, would I be targeting them as single creatures or the swarm as a, as a You would be targeting the swarm as a whole. Okay. Um, I'll turn back into Huddleford. Mm-hmm. Question: Because I, I can turn into an animal as a bonus with the turning the out the bonus section as well. That's fine. Okay, cool. And I'd like to do frostbite, please. So oh, nice. on the swarm, because okay. I suspect. Can you show me that spell? I can. So it's a <laughs> no. DC thirteen. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. 
You cause the numbing frost to form on one of the creatures that you can see in range. They do a, DC, a constitution saving throw, DC 13. Um, okay. On a failed save, 1d6 cold damage. Does this have an area of an, an area of effect at all? Um, has a range. No, it's it's one okay. uh, creature. Okay. So that's why I asked if it was a, if it targets okay. a swarm. Wonderful. So and they have you... disadvantage on attack rolls um, before oh, okay. the end of its next turn. That's good to know. So you essentially push out this um, this force of cold. Several bees just suddenly stop in mid-flight. They freeze, so to speak, and and they just tumble to the ground. The swarm kind of coalesces within on itself, and then comes directly at you, Hubford. Oh, wrong one, Josh. Wrong computer. Uh, 2d20 plus 3, because it's a disadvantage. And this is when Josh rolls. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm back, baby. Okay, so... 39. How's that? Oh, no. Uh, 19, 19 and 2d20. So I'm going to assume... Yes, that hits. I'm that, that definitely hits. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yep, got it right that time. Okay, so Ooh. these bees, yeah, they don't muck around. These bees swarm around you, and unlike Grizz's case, they are able to penetrate your rather wonderful thick bristles, in your case, because you're now a hedge person again. And they were able to sting you quite wonderfully, doing nine points of piercing and one uh, poison damage. Oh, ah, oh, yeah, ah. <laughs> can I, in given that I've readied the crossbow, you can take a shot to use Absolutely. on them. Can I? Can I take you, my yes, shot? Yes, you can. Excellent. Nice. All right, that's 20, 24 for eight damage. Wonderful. So your your bolt goes directly through the bees, but given that these are like a swarm of insects, it doesn't do a lot of like damage damage to them. But there are some bee carcasses there dropping definitely the ground, some bee right? Carcasses. I mean, look, <laughs> if it had only been one or two bees flying around and you pinged a couple out of the air with a single bolt, otherwise everyone would be like, oh, <laughs> dude, that was amazing. <laughs> Uh, in this particular case, it's like, yeah, you, you, got, you got a couple. Fly swat would probably be more effective. It, it probably would be, yes. I didn't think to pack one of those in my armory. I understand that. Um, and Hunan, what would you like to do? Cool. So I see I see this ineffective attacking, and I'm like, look, look it's all right. It's all right. Um, all the confidence and I'll move of God, up. yes. <laughs> I'll move up. I'll unhitch the uh the spear from my back and i'll just start twirling it in a fashion just knocking as many bees out as i can okay uh so yeah this is a magic spear that you picked up on our adventure so you did very well to get that that is true uh, i don't think i it, i had taken the time to attune to it yet so i still don't know what it does uh it's a plus uh, one spear of stabbing things oh uh, that's right <laughs> Genius. It's very unusual for a spear. Yeah. That is that is exactly right. Did I actually it's really good at stabbing. It's five percent better at stabbing things. <laughs> it's it's five percent better at stabbing things than most spears. 
Yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> That's right. I'll just manually add that on. It's also 12.5% more effective at doing damage. Than <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, uh... But how does it compare to pole arms? That's what I want to know. I can tell you've got a terrible joke coming. Go for it. Why not? No, no, that's the joke. Okay. Oh, Oh, no. no. So that was a a crit fail. That was a crit fail. Um, I feel like I did psychic damage. I'm sorry. Yeah. So (laughs) you you go to attack, but the bees are just, they're they're too close into Huddleford and you don't want to stab him and you just freeze or it's like, like the, nah. I did the I did the first swing and it just got way too close and it's like this is probably not a bad not a good idea not a good idea no. so so then I uh, as a bonus action instead I grab my my loot mm-hmm. and I play a quick tune and I give some bardic inspiration to Chirk okay and given that we're at the top of the round again uh, we're gonna put Grizz into the ordinary uh, initiative role now so Chirk you're first okay. Um, given the general lack of impact the the single bolt had, what they'll do this time is, as a bonus action, cast Hail of Thorns. Nice. Cool. I like this um, good. Which I should have cast that afterwards, technically speaking, but that's all right. Um, cast Hail of Thorns and then loose, uh, loose the crossbow. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Natural so that... twenty, critical hit. Okay. That with the hail of thorns as well. This is okay. so the bardicin. The bardic inspiration also gives you one d six if you wish to take it uh, on your attack roll, not on damage. <laughs> I'll, I'll think... save that till next time, given yeah. the the attack success yes, here. That's lovely. <laughs> okay. Um. So that is definitely, I would, I would call that definitely an, an area of effect because it, it can affect more than one creature. So yeah, it's definitely. Okay, so you are going to do, what, what's a crossbow normal damage? The crossbow normal damage is uh, D8. a 1d8 plus D8. 2. Okay, so you're going to do 18 damage straight off the bat. Can you give me a d8 uh, and oh, a, um, a d10, please? I'm also going to say it's so magical D- as well. So. The the D8 gives me a three, mm-hmm. and the D10 also gives me a three. Okay. So what you've essentially done is you've produced like almost just this wave of projectiles that have just gone through this bee swarm. Like, it, it, it is the effect. It's effectively a shotgun. And bees just, like, they just burst around. I mean, there's... There's a couple still on Huddleford, but all around you, these bee corpses actually just... Wait a second. It's a swarm. It takes... Actually, uh, I need I need to ask a DM question now. Uh, against swarm types, I remember reading Error of Effect spells do additional damage. Does anyone else remember that? I've never run a swarm in one of my games, so I couldn't say. Yeah, I've only treated them like they were... A creature. They just essentially keep coming at you until they're all gone. Okay. Uh, give me a second. I don't know about so that. So they don't thing. they don't have any exceptions to the usual targeting rules. Okay. Uh, I think that was in three point five from what I'm reading. 
Ah, right. Okay. Excellent. See, yeah. people, this is why you play with a bunch of dungeon masters because they all know the rules. It's great. <laughs> cool. Uh, Grizz, yeah. it's your turn. Cool. Um, I, as I'm still rage, normally I would try and protect this girl further, but I'm still rage, so I'm going to try and swap these with my hammer. Okay. Um, so, so I, I, I just like the mental and... image of you like tucking the girl into a fold in your clothing and then just like, right, hammer time! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm just swinging away. So um, that is only a 12, unfortunately. Uh, is that, that adding all... Oh, yeah, it would be too. Okay. So you are, I mean, you've... You're, you're clearly very, very upset at absolutely everything. And unfortunately, that is... You're, you're somewhat blinded with rage. Um, and we come down to Huddleford. It's your turn. Uh, I would like to wiggle my stick and do frostbite again, please. So okay. Constitution DC 13. That's a nine. Well, you take uh, one point of cold damage. Okay, so a few more Damn, bees just uh, disappear from around you, and the bee swarm this time is going to attack Shirt, as they are clearly the the most threatening thing around. So you'd have disadvantage on that one as well because oh, of the because of the cold. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness indeed. <laughs> okay, thirteen. Does that hit you, Chuck? Uh. Oh, my AC is 13. Oh so it meets. So yes, it does. <sighs> Boo. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, goodness. Oh, so you that's take painful. 13 damage wow. as these bees swarm Ooh. all over you. And again, like, there's not many bees left. So the ones left, they're, they're really doing... A, they're, they're working it. <laughs> these bees Dang. are more dangerous than the dial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a tree, I'm not taking too kindly to being stung by bees. This is in, not in, good. Indeed not, I imagine. Um, Hunan. Uh, well, the spear clearly was not a great idea last time. Yes, uh, it wasn't your best word. Have, what's the what's the visual on the bee situation? Like, they've is there just a few they've, they've, it's, it's a much smaller swarm now, um, right. but they are now uh, swarming primarily around Chirk. Cool. Uh, since I'm pretty pretty close still, I will just start making clacking and clicking noises. Uh, just it's really horrible. It sounds really really bad. Um, and recast dissonant. Yep, wisdom save please. DC thirteen. Nope. <laughs> with, with the twenty, they the bees. They essentially use their buzzing to overpower the noise that you're trying to make. And trying to attack a swarm of bees, it's like trying to attack a lot of very small minds. So that combination of psychic energy is just, it's very difficult to grapple against. And they are very motivated to hurt you guys now. Cool. They still take a total of seven points of psychic damage. Which is quite a lot. So... There are now only just a few bees kind of like randomly buzzing about. Um, and we come back to the top of the round and it's Chirk. Um, Chirk, in his uh, in their dismay at being stung and attacked by bees, is completely confused and uh, with the 
Thornspell, Hail of Thornspell still active, will just wildly fire a crossbow into the swarm that's around him. Oh, actually, for... can you give me a concentration check, please? Check. Oh, because I have been attacked, haven't I? Yes. Uh, what do I need to roll for that? What's the modifier? Uh, constitution. Constitution. Uh, and I think that's only a one-off. Plus two. Or, or are you casting it again? No, it's 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 um it it's sorry, it's duration for a minute with concentration. So I've rolled a twenty, so I believe I've maintained my concentration. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. let's uh let's loose this crossbow and hope. So that's a ten. Okay. And does does that uh, you may not take out any bees? Just in case you wish to use that shiny D six of bardic inspiration. Oh. Can, yes, I am confused and in inspired. Case. Thank you Just for reminding case. me. Yes. Why, why um, am I inspired? <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> so that's I'm like, you can do it. Uh, it is not quite enough. No, so you, you're like shooting randomly in the air and unfortunately you, you managed to hit the part of the air where the bees are not. Dang. Uh, Grizz, you're up. Okay, this time I'm going to remember to use my reckless attack. So I'm Very just good. blindly wailing away, away with. Uh, uh, okay, so you have an advantage. Yeah, with advantage. Oh! I basically rolled the exact same thing twice. So, nice. Uh, that's a crit. It is. It's um, enough. And this is big damage. I've already accounted for the oh, wow. max damage plus an extra roll. So this. Yep. It's out. more than enough. Yeah. So that's well. That, all that added up, so we should be sweet. Yes, you you absolutely are. You in, in your swinging, you are able to just clear. I mean, no one knows really how you use that hammer that effectively against a bunch of very small creatures, and how you <laughs> manage to not hit Chirk as well at the same time. But you're able to just like you're sweeping the hammer through the through the air around you, and you just collect bees until the only sound you guys can now hear are the idle buzzing of bees in a hive. And we are now out of initiative. The, the little girl um, has clearly been stung a bunch of times. Um, she's not looking good at all. So is, is, she, I, uh, is she stable at least? Does she need you stabilizing or medical like attention that? would be a very good idea. But Grizz, she's not poisoned or anything. You guys all were taking poison damage from the bees. She's been stung quite a few times. So, oh. like I said, medical attention would be a very would. I, uh, I sort of hand her to Huddleford and I race off towards the beehive, wherever it is, and I, I go to town and I smash it. Um, like, still rage, like, blindly destroying it if it's nearby. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, everyone is treated to the sight of Grizz destroying this beehive with a very large amount of feral intensity. With reckless yeah, in abandon. fact, um, this is yeah. not your normal intensity either for you, Grizz. This is... You, you can almost feel something calling to you and... You're worried about yourself when you come out of this rage. Like, that that was a deeper rage than usual for you. Okay. I like it. Okay. So everyone's looking pretty torn up, right? Or yeah, just Jerk well, and the girl yeah. and me? Yeah. No, I'm pretty good. Yeah, the bard hasn't been hit <laughs> Must yet. Must be nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking over my cloak. Everything's in, in good order. I'm covered in spots. 
Yeah. Yeah, although although you're, you're a, I'm uh, straight in a few straight at few places, You have like um, some kind of thing against poison, don't you? Do. I'm resistant I... to poison, so I only took half damage to that full and I... that full spread. So I'm not too shabby. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I have something as well. Uh, advantage poison, apparently. Yeah, so, so you had advantage against that one point of poison that was in all the damage <laughs> you took. <laughs> okay. You, you, in fact, you two can ignore it. That's fine. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm not visibly uh, damaged, but I am I am weak, but it's, I'm fine. Uh, and the little girl, how's she looking? She really requires medical attention. She's been stung <laughs> quite a few times. Okay, I'll like pass. not in a concentrated way that the beast woman got you guys, because it had never perceived her as as much of a threat. Um, but she's 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 kind of like in and out of consciousness at this point. Okay, well, I'll sort of um, rattle my fancy stick and then I'll blow smoke into her face and cast Cure Wounds. Wonderful. So, you, you can see the nice. welts going down and she, she kind of just opens her eyes like, where, where am I? I remember the bees. Who are you? She says, You're looking safe. at Huddleford. I'm Huddleford. Hello. Hello. Um, I was always told not to talk to strangers, but um, I'm... your mum said us. It's okay. Oh, that's okay then. I'm Carter. I'm covered in spots. Hello. I see that. You're funny. Thanks. Um, we we couldn't find your pig. I'm very sorry. To kind of make sure they're standing in front of where the pig carcass is. Yeah, he he ran off. He's never done that before. But definitely don't go looking for him. Okay. Do do you think he found somewhere like like another pig family to live with? Yes. <laughs> He's in a farm somewhere. <laughs> um, Grizz sort of stumbles back over. Yeah, <laughs> now Grizz is sort of out of his rage. He's sort of walking over, licking the honey off of his mole. Just like almost, almost forgetting that the whole thing had happened, he just found home somehow. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you with them too? Uh, with what? Uh, me? Yeah. 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 You're big. Yep. You're really. Hello, big. man. I put out. I put out a finger to shake a hand. She shakes. He was. He was the one who saved you from the bees. She gives you a great big hug. Just like right around mm-hmm. the legs, kind of thing. Like, is it a bear hug? Yes, in in both <laughs> senses. Yes. Yeah, well, just just want to put out there. Uh, I was about to roll one last death save, guys. Nice. <laughs> I saved her. You did. You did very well. We should get her home. You really should. Does anyone wish to take a rest of any kind? Oh, I'd love a short rest. Like. Yeah, you, you, yeah guys, you guys can short rest In up. the forest. The, the sun is, uh, like I said, you guys got there mid-afternoon. Um, it's now really getting on to late afternoon. So a short rest will get you back to the village around the time of like, say, 20, 30 minutes before sunset or so. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm back to the And Josh is going to roll one more dice as you guys head on back. Really okay, twelve. That's good. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's a nothing. I think. All 
Sorry, I'm going to count it as a nothing because you've had. Yeah, I'll, I'll count it as a nothing this time because you had a. You guys have had an encounter already. Now, um, we're going to call the episode about there. Uh, we are going to play on. I probably should have explained that at the start, although we did try doing this before and it failed really badly. So now that we are kind of confident with the whole podcasting thing. Um, so everyone, yep, the, the episode is finishing up there, but we are going to go on, us playing, and we'll record another one because, you know, we we got time. It's great. Um, Heath, if people want to find you online and follow you on Twitter and engage with you as a hedgehog, should they do so? Yes. But uh, I think I can't remember the Twitter handle right now, and I'm really bad at stalling. Come back okay. to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dan, you you've actually got a, you did a cool thing this morning. I did do a cool thing this morning. I joined uh, another Australian friend of ours, uh, Alex, who is running a game on the. Oh, I'm terrible at stalling as well. The Grey Mental Blank Greyhawk. channel on Twitch. <laughs> Greyhawk, thank you. Yes. Uh, channel on Twitch, uh, exploring the new uh, Salt Marsh uh, stories, uh, the small Salt Marsh edition that was released recently, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, awesome! So the next, yeah, that kicked off. Oh, this morning, so eighth of June is the first session, um, and the next one is happening early July. So keep an eye out for that. But I am also at Scary Dan on Twitter for people who fancy following the foible that is my life. And they should. You have wonderful cat pictures. And I, I do, and there's a wonderful cat on my lap as we speak. I'm hoping the purring isn't interrupting the recording. It's not. We, we can't hear it. That's okay. And I remember um, who I am. And it's one. really complicated and really hard to remember. I'm at Huddleford. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I suspect there's a lot of Huddleford in Heath. Yeah. <laughs> or the other around, perhaps. Um, yeah. AJ, can people track you down online? And, and they should, because they you, should. you've got a lovely podcast. They, they can. They certainly can. I'd love to speak to anybody that wants to come along. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Tales underscore DM. Uh, I also run the Tales of a New DM podcast, so feel free to find me. Excellent. Um, and Daniel? Um, boringly, I don't really have much of a presence, but I've got Facebook, so anyone can find me with uh, Daniel uh, Noakes, N-O-A-K-E-S, and I'm more than happy to talk to people. Lovely. And uh, I, of course, can be found um, at Nerdy People uh, D&D, and I've got another podcast out um, called uh, Nerdy People Read, which will hopefully be on iTunes before it cashes out, which will be great. Um, excellent. So, guys, we will play on, but to everyone else, uh, you have a lovely week. Take care of yourselves and those, uh, and those around you. And stay out of the woods. It's terrible. Bye.